and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> You're devaluing the word great if you follow for Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Wolf, now I feel committed to this. So I got to give you six more players that are averaging more rebounds than DA this season. Okay, okay cool. I've already given you like 12. Yeah, 34th no, right. in the NBA. We are we are DA fans on this show, yeah. but I, I to reset this, I have come to peace with what DA is and has been, and, and that's it's fine. If you overpaid for him, fine. He's a huge part of this team. But the rebounds are so far down this year compared to where they usually are. And to put that in context, here's some of the other players around the league that are averaging more rebounds per game than DA. Uh, Alperin Shengun in Houston. Mason Plumley. There's a lot of Plumleys in the NBA. Man. Nick Claxton, Julius Randle, uh, Bam Adebayo. We saw that last night. Yes. Okay. And saw that up close and personal right there. Yes. And each time we do this, the names are getting you know more acceptable because I'm going up the list. So, I mean, <laughs> at least now we're in, like, the, the low teens and, and 20s. Yeah. This is not like when we started and we were at, at 33, and you find out Kyle Kuzma is averaging more rebounds per game than D.A., and you just kind of want to take the rest of the day off. It's Luke's list. It's, it's, but this is, a, this is a list that's making me sad every time I read it. All right. Cardinals at four and six. They just flashed it up on NFL Network in here. The, uh, the teams that are in the playoff picture in the NFC. And it's basically everybody. They uh, they showed everybody except they didn't have the Bears because now the Bears are three and seven, and uh, that's about it. The Bears, the Saints, and the Panthers were the only ones they ruled out at three and seven. You could probably rule the Lions and Rams out at three and six, but everybody else from the Cardinals up, uh, you've got three, four, and six teams. You've got the Commanders now at five and five. In the seventh seed at this exact moment is the five and four Forty Niners. To me, Wolf, the reason the Cardinals are still in this is not only did they win on Sunday, they've got two games left against the 49ers starting Monday in Mexico City. Yes, they do. The 49ers. Have you seen the 49ers play defensive football, Luke? It's pretty good. (laughs) It is really, really good. Pretty good good defensive football. What a scary thing when you actually watch it. The physicality, once again, of the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know how they've lost four games. I I honestly don't know how they have lost four games. You know, uh, two games, that's going to happen. Three, okay. But when you look at their talent and you watch them on tape, how have they lost four games? And they've lost. Are you ready for some of the teams they've lost to this season? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's San Francisco's four losses this season. The Chiefs? Chiefs, okay. okay. You know, and you're going to accept you're that, of course. Hey, stuff happens. Uh, they lost to Atlanta 28-14. to 14. Tw- The Atlanta Falcons 28-14. to 14. What? Yeah. Okay. They lost to Denver 11-10. to 10. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. No way they, yes, okay. they lost to Denver. All right. That was one of those Denver games where you watch it. I said it, that for a fact, of course. And then the game ends and you don't remember who won. Yes. <laughs> that was one of those games. And then they lost the opener in that monsoon in Chicago to okay. the Bears. <laughs> so they lost the Bears, Broncos, Man. Falcons, Chiefs. Okay, so they have the number one defense in the National Football League in terms of yards allowed. <laughs> is that, let's just start there. Is that a big metric? Yes, that, that really is. Like, how many yards allowed do you give up per game? 
whether it's throwing the ball or running the ball against you, what do you give up? They're number one in the National Football League for the fewest, 280.6 yards. Okay, That's really good. The only thing that is scarier than that for me is the fact that they are number one in terms of rushing yards per game allowed and number one in terms of rushing yards per play allowed. <laughs> They're number one in each one. The line of scrimmage, you try to run the ball against the box of the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> we're just going to kind of laugh at you. <laughs> Think about that. Number one and number one. All right. So then who's playing quarterback for the Cardinals so, on Monday? Because you're going to need that quarterback to make some plays is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, you're, you're going to need him to make some plays. Listen, if, if Kyler Murray, this is one of the reasons why you're hearing Cliff Kingsbury say, if he's not 100% healthy, we're not going to run him out there because they're number three in sacks per attempt in the National Football League. Number three. And in terms of getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, they're number one. Okay, so when you hear Cliff Kingsbury say, you know what, hey, listen, we're not going to run him out there unless he's 100% with that ham because he could pull that thing and tweak it really bad. Nick Bosa chasing him around the field. Exactly Here, right. Here's here's Cliff saying that to us yesterday. Yeah, we'll see how, how Kyler feels. Um, playing a team like 49ers, you better be full speed if you're going to play against him. And so we want him to be 100% where he can take off and do the things he does, and we'll just have to go day by day with it. Niners 3-0 in the Division two. That's the other big stat with them. Yes. In a division where everybody's kind of bunched up, to be quite honest, yes. and the team in first is Seattle, who I maybe unfairly, I still don't take seriously as the best team in the division. They're, I think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're much more than a playoff team, and even that's exceeding expectations. How did they lose four games? How did the 49ers? How, how, how did the 49ers lose four games right now? Like I said, do you know who's number one in giving up the fewest amount of first downs in the National Football League. Well, if it's not the 49ers, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> okay. It's the 49ers, of course. Surprise, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, they give up 16.6 first downs per game. The San Francisco 49ers. It's, I guess what I'm saying is it's really, really hard to move the ball against <laughs> not, these guys. Not the team your offense gets right against is what you're saying. Exactly right. And it's stunning to see this right now. And then you watch them on tape, and they're even scarier, Nick Bosa, <laughs> Fred yeah. Warner. This is this is one of the best boxes you're going to see in the national football, in the football universe, period. It's It belongs with the San Francisco 49ers. And not only that, too, they're number four in points per game allowed. How in the world they're giving up 18.1 points per game um, when you can't run the ball against them and you can't move the ball against them? You can't throw the ball because you're under duress. How in the world they're giving up 18 points a game is beyond me. But Turnovers from the offense? Jimmy G? Maybe that's it. Was that not the single most telling stat you've ever heard over the weekend? Jimmy G? Say it again. This is, I don't know that any stat. I just want to alert people right now. Yeah, everybody Wherever you are right now, you, you need to hear this. Okay, what Luke is about to say, you need to hear it. This is the, the stat that sums up Jimmy G better than anybody. Okay. Okay. He's 10 and 2 in games where he doesn't throw a touchdown. <laughs> 
Jimmy, you just stand over there and just be Jimmy. Just think about that. He's 10-2 and two in games where he doesn't throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> it's the most Jimmy G stat ever. 10-2, baby. All we do is win when Jimmy G doesn't throw a touch. When he doesn't get crazy over there, you just manage the game, Jimmy. All right, we come back. What are the three things the Suns need the most right now? We're going to tell you next in our Suns three-pointer. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's time for a Suns three-pointer this Tuesday. And this is not so much because the Suns lost last night or because they are 8-5, and five, Wolf. It's just more they don't look totally complete right now. James Jones has basically said they're going to make a move at some point. Jay Crowder obviously is not playing. They're going to trade him, and maybe there's other moves to be made beyond that. So it is three things the Suns need the most right now. Are you ready? Yes. Now you're ready. Whammo! <laughs> Seven, Booker, and one. All right, well, I'm going to start here because we've been doing the list for the last hour, and I'm not going to keep doing the list because the list is making me sad, but I'm just going to simply say this, Wolf. And your microphone is on. It is on. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is, uh, you should try it sometime. DeAndre Ayton is 34th in the NBA in rebounding. Going into last night where he did have a, a pretty good rebounding game, he was 40th. How is DeAndre Ayton down that far? DeAndre Ayton, if nothing else, I'm not asking DA to take another step. I'm asking DA to be a DA. What he was averaging last year was 10.2 rebounds a game. That would have him 12th in the NBA. I see. That's about where he should be. Just be DA. That's so, they just okay. need DA to be DA. He hasn't been DA yet this year. Three things the Suns need most right now. Okay, number one, my first point of Suns three-pointers got to be they need Chris Paul back on the floor. I mean, watching the Suns go on this mini slide has been really interesting, isn't it not, Luke? Uh, yeah, interesting, frustrating, infuriating. They've lost three irritating. of their last four without Chris Paul, and yes, he only played 14 minutes in the 76ers game, and I'm including that game in those losses, but this team just has not looked right without him. They haven't. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Campaign hasn't been as consistent as I'd like. He wasn't great against Philly. He was awesome against the T-Wolves. He played well against Orlando. And not so well against Miami. It's funny you say that. Campaign, watching him fill in, has been good enough where I'm like, okay, he's looking like Campaign again, but not good enough to replace Chris Paul. Yeah, that's exactly the way I would characterize it. I think he's been solid, but I was hoping he was going to be good and not just solid. He's, he's, he's been good at times, but inconsistent. Back 14 footer is two points. Dynamite. All right, this is not an easy one to get, Wolf. Not not once the season starts, and we're it's November 15th. The season wow, they only have DeAndre Ayton could be traded in two months. Like he can be. I don't think he will be, but it, I, I didn't realize we were only two months away from that already. Um, and for the record, I don't want him to be. I'm just saying it's November 15th. The, uh, they need a scorer. They need somebody else in this team that can score right now. I know, understand that that's being 
highlighted by the fact that Chris Paul's not out there making everybody around him better and Cam Johnson's not playing and they don't have Jay Crowder, but that's fine. They're missing these players. They need somebody who can step in and score. They had 88 points against Philly on Monday of last week, 97 against Orlando on Friday. It's the first two times this season they haven't hit 100, and this is a team that consistently will put up a ton of points. If anything, they could use another scorer, and I say that, Wolf, because that was the talk around this team before the season even started. When Cam Johnson was healthy, yeah. they could use another scorer. Okay, my second point of Suns three-pointer has got to be they need DeAndre Ayton to stop getting outworked by other bigs. Not saying outplayed, I'm talking about outworked by other bigs. I mean, what has he honestly shown Monty Williams about how he was going to play this year? What has he really shown? Remember, he said that. I'm going to show Monty. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to show Monty. That's the right way to go. That's the right thing to do. What was he going to show him? That rebounding isn't as important as Monty thinks rebounding is? And again, I forgive me for being sarcastic, but right now, DeAndre Ayton has got to make the determination. I'm not talking about having to go out and play better than every other big that's out there. The other guy gets paid as well. I, I just want to see DA go out there and actually outwork somebody else. That's what I want to see. And that's my second point of Suns three-pointer. Three-pointer. Three that's just showing off right there. Right. Just to finish your last point, for his career, he averages 16.2 points and 10.4 rebounds a game. And this year, he's averaging 14 and 7. So, There's a difference. Yeah, that's, that's what you're saying. It's the, it's the one year that he has not struggled to rebound, but kind of struggled to rebound. Come on, that's Wolf's digits. second point, not yours, uh, Luke. It's okay. But here's my third point then. My third point is on the list of things the Suns need the most right now. Yeah. More than four free throw attempts in a game, Wolf. You can't, and I, this one I'm not really putting on the Suns. This one's on whoever is officiating. There should never be a free throw discrepancy of 25 to 4. That is absolutely unacceptable. There's got to be an explanation after the game. There has to be something. I don't care if one team has a lot more free throws than the Suns, but when you're telling me the Suns had 4 and the other team had 25 and Vince Murata had the stat in the morning, there were 7 games in the NBA last night. So not even that many games. Like yeah. half the league played, a little bit less. 29 players had more free throw attempts than the entire Suns team last night. Devin Booker had two. Torrey Craig had two. That was it. That's all they got. Just think how sick of a dude you got to be to look that up like Vinny did. <laughs> Only Vince What would are know you that. doing, Vin? Get the pocket protector out of your front no, pocket, No, keep doing please. it so I can steal your stats. Okay. Although um, I didn't credit you. Here we go right here. And then Wolf um, you. My third. <laughs> but you know I love you, Vin. Stop it. My third point of Suns three-pointer they need Cam Johnson back. That'd be nice. Uh, I sincerely hope Cam Johnson is out one month as opposed to two months. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a big window right there. Uh, can we make that one month, please, as opposed to two? We'd like to choose the one month option. Is that a. This guy is just starting to come around. He was, at least, and being the guy they needed him to be in the starting lineup and doing it with a little bit of consistency, and then bam! But I digress, do I not? There's no alternative on the roster right now. 
Torrey Craig as I hit the post? He's competed admirably, of course, but we can say with certitude he's not Cam Johnson. He isn't. They need Cam Johnson back, and that's my third point of Suns three-pointer. See the shots that I took, wet like a book. My favorite part of Suns three-pointer is every time when when Maloney plays the uh, the song there at the end, you always react like, oh. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, see the shots that I took, wet like a book. Like people can't see. Wolf immediately I, I sits up straight it and just, starts It singing. makes me, I don't know why. I, I have no idea what that song is to or where it comes from because I'm like 60. Yet at the same time, I can tell you I like it a lot. It sounds cool. I <laughs> Wet like I'm booked. That's the only part of it. I love it, man. That's everything else in the song is not about him. Uh, Golden State. Tomorrow, Golden State is five and eight this season. Um, I don't know. Like the first time they played Golden State in the fourth game of the season, I was like, "All right, this is a measuring stick. You're playing yeah. defending champs. You know, Golden State's not going to take the Suns lightly." They didn't. That was the most entertaining game of the season. Remember, Clay yes. Thompson got tossed right. for the first time ever. I, I don't know what we're going to see tomorrow. You have two teams that that look like yeah, okay. One of the playoffs. Do you think the five and eight is going to continue that trend with the Warriors? Do you think that's going to continue right there? You do have to wonder what kind of damage was done. What kind of serious damage was done? You know. The, the Warriors have such a huge culture and team chemistry as well. That's part of who they are, who they've always been. And you just have to wonder, do you not? The whole Draymond Green situation, right? You have to wonder well, what kind of impact it has had on this club. He has uh, he has cost them a title before, pretty clearly. Uh, he's helped them win I can't even keep track of how many titles now, but he has cost them a title when he kicked LeBron when they were up three one in that series. Um, yeah, I, I don't think. I seriously, I, I wonder if that's got any residual impact whatsoever on the Warriors. That's an interesting thought because I, maybe I'm just guilty of assuming. Okay, yeah, you know, whatever. They don't care. That sits the playoffs. When they get to the playoffs, they'll turn it on. They are six and eight right now. Um, they won last night, but you know, it's 10th in the Western Conference. They'll turn it on, I think, when they need to. But maybe maybe there is something to that. Maybe they're not quite all on the same page. And not in a, Do you like, think Draymond Green is going to be playing with the Warriors next no. year? No, he's, no. he's not. Nope. Um, this happens many, many times, Basin Orleans, but so much of the time when a player is going to end his career with a team, sometimes it doesn't go well the last year that he's there. Sometimes he sucker punches the guy that got the money he wanted? Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Oh, well, that's what happened. Yeah, I know. And I've seen it happen to a lot of different dudes, man. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, now that the Cardinals have let Eno Benjamin go, what exactly does this running back room look like heading into the game against San Francisco? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That was a weird uh, twist to the Cardinals season yesterday. Right after we got off the air, Wolf, walking out to the car, see the news that Eno Benjamin has been released. Eno Benjamin, who by all accounts, and this is not just, okay, yeah, this is a guy we didn't think would get let go. It looked like he was having his breakout season this year. (laughs) 
right? Yes. I mean, this was yes. <laughs> his, his him announcing himself to the league. The Cardinals were so happy with him out of camp, and then they were proven right when they had to turn to him this season. And now he's released, and this is a guy that you know played his entire college career at ASU. He's been with the Cardinals now for a few years. Not a guy that's ever gotten in trouble. Not a guy that we've ever heard like, oh, he's blowing up at teammates and they don't like him. In fact, he's one of the guys that it seems like everybody on the team likes. He was one of the players that I loved watching play. He's one of the guys that I... I loved watching because he gave you everything he had. And I cannot tell you how much of the time, based on means I have seen players go out there and not give you everything that they have got. And yet, Eno did that. And it's one of the things I respect the most. Any player going out there, doesn't matter what your talent level is, any player, you can watch him. He's, he's one, of the, one of the guys you can watch from the snap to the whistle. Just watch him on every play. And you can see the desperation. He drips with desperation as he plays. So I heard nothing but great stuff about Eno Benjamin. The fact they cut him and cut him the way that they did the day after a game he really didn't play, to me, that tells me something's afoot, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it immediately didn't add up. The, you just watch him play this year, and it was everything you just said. He, he's always going to give you full effort. He was making plays. He was making plays even without the ball, which had been an issue in the past. There was this stat, and there was a lot of stats, actually, on, on uh, line last night about ways that he was making the most of his, his playing time. But this one from Chris Trapasso of CBS really caught my eye. The tweet was, uh, Eno Benjamin has averaged 3.39 yards after contact per rush. That's just behind Aaron Jones. He's forced 16 missed tackles on 69 attempts. That MTF rate at 23.1% is better than Brees Hall's was before he got hurt. <sighs> Brees Hall, who was going to be Rookie of the Year before he got hurt with yeah, the Jets. Right. So, I mean, if you're going to be in the company of Aaron Jones and Brees Hall, and, and it's, not, it's not quantity. I mean, the only knock on Eno would have been, could he do it every week? But for what they needed him to do, he was doing it at a really high level, and then he's just not on the team. Yeah, you know what? Just, again, running the football, not an issue. Never was an issue. Um, Catching the ball, he could catch the ball coming out of the backfield. Now, it wasn't like he had natural hands, great hands, but he could certainly do that, catch the ball coming out of the backfield. And where he really improved the most, in my opinion, was blitz pickup. Being able to hold up, stand in the gap, man. Stand in the B-gap and pick up a blitzing linebacker or somebody coming out of the secondary. He was capable of doing that. So for me, um, yeah, you just have to wonder if something happened. And typically when things happen, they happen on the sideline many, many times. Especially when you get cut the next day in a game, once again, where you didn't play yeah. a lot. In a game that the Cardinals won. Um, a couple things on that. You know, it, it, like I said, is a, is a guy that you talk to his teammates and they were like, they were all excited for him because they all like Eno. I remember when we talked to Eno during camp. He said one of the first things he does when he gets on a team is make sure he makes friends with all, all the offensive linemen, right? Because those are the guys that are going to be taking care of you all season. Pretty smart. Yeah, and they all liked him too. So I don't know. If it, if it is something that happened on the sidelines, maybe we will find out tomorrow night on Hard Knocks because <laughs> it's really hard to keep a secret when Hard Knocks is right there filming everything. And 
you know, if it was a private conversation on a Tuesday afternoon at the practice facility and, and the Cardinals were like, hey, maybe you don't show this, maybe the Hard, Hard Knocks crew would just miss it. But in the middle of a game, if it, if it really was something that happened in the middle of the game, they're going to catch it. So do you think it will show on this week's episode of Hard Knocks? Or since the release came down on Monday, will it show up on the following week's I think episode if, of Hard Knocks? If something happened during the game, it'll show up this week. Because even though they they maybe can't edit stuff from Monday that quickly, they will know what happened, right? So they'll know, hey, we got to put this in there because he got released the next day. Yeah, isn't, you know, once again, this is dangerous territory for me right now because I know nothing about what I'm about to say. Oh, good. Absolutely (laughs) nothing. But can I tell you right now that aren't they editing all the way up to... When they release they, it, they they do. Aren't they editing they're really good all? at that. I think they turn stuff. They have to be. I think with the Colts last year, you would watch it on Wednesday night, and sometimes you'd be like, "Wow, that happened on Monday night, or that happened on Tuesday morning," you know. So yeah, mo- the majority of what we're going to see tomorrow night is going to be leading up to the Rams game and the Rams game. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they were like, you know, Benjamin got released on Monday and they show a clip of it. But but certainly if something happened during the game on Sunday, then they have the footage of it. It's going to be in there because they're going to know. Yeah. And you're going to address it within the episode, you would imagine. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to release it on Wednesday and not include the fact that, you know, Benjamin has been let yeah, go. No. It's, it is a quick turnaround right? with them. Yeah, they they will. I would venture to say if he had gotten released today, it would be in the episode tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I would agree with that. With the Cardinals not giving Otherwise, them, why would you do it unless you could bring it right up yeah. to the very moment? Well, usually in training camp, it doesn't matter so much, right, to have that quick turnaround because it's it's a preseason game or whatever on a Saturday and you're showing it on Tuesdays. But whatever, in season, you're right. Showing it every Wednesday night, they're going to have they're going to have most of that information. Now it raises the question of what exactly are the Cardinals going to do at running back? Because you've got James Conner, you've got Keontae Ingram, but you kept five running backs out of camp. Two of them are on IR, and one of them you just cut. Yeah, you're down you to two guys. Do? You got Corey Clement. Okay, so you got Corey Clement, three right? guys. I, every time I say that, I want to say Clement. I know, me too. I'm sorry. He needs to play more just Corey so we get Clement, it in our mind. Yeah, I. You know what? I I like it. Um, Corey Clement is a guy that is five ten, two hundred twenty pounds. Have you ever seen a guy five ten, two twenty? Sounds like a fire hydrant with ears. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now. Try to get under that dude. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here, if in fact you try to get under that dude. And if this guy runs the ball in a very physical way. Now, listen, Corey has been in the league, what is it, six years? One, two, yeah, six years he's been in the league, counting this year. Um, he was drafted coming out by the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's been there for four years. Um he played with the Dallas Cowboys last year. So it's it, this is a guy that is a veteran. This is a guy that has played in games in the National Football League. This is a guy that's not going to be shocked by anything he's going to discover within the lines of the National Football League. So he's a pro, and I like that. But how much you can expect from him, I, you know, I, I don't mean, know about that. Look, ideally, you don't need a lot from him because, as we saw on Sunday, James Conner's your guy. And it, depending on, on the reports out there, what you want to believe or, or not believe, it sounds like the thought is 
he knows gone because he was upset he wasn't getting as much playing time as he felt like he deserved. Uh, you know, on Sunday, Dave is basically just the James Conner show. If James Conner needs a break, they have Keontae Ingram, who they obviously like, who we liked coming out of camp. You and I talked about this for weeks in camp. What are they going to do? They can't cut one of these five running backs, but they can't keep five running backs, right? But you can't cut Ingram because somebody's going to pick him up. And Eno was the story of camp, and James Conner's James Conner. And you went through it all, and they ended up keeping all five. It's just ironic now in the middle of the season they have two. They were down to three, and they voluntarily trimmed it down to two in the middle of the season. And the guy they got rid of was playing well. It's, I don't know, it's, it's yet another plot twist. Like I said, HBO picked the, uh, the right team for in-season hard knocks. Uh, all right, when we come back, final segment of the show, we're going to get into what Jay Williams brought up to us unprompted earlier in the show today. LeBron to the Suns. Would you be interested in that at all? Can it even happen? We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, somehow it's already 146, Wolf. Stunning. I feel like we have a lot more to say, but the show's uh, almost over. Uh, earlier in the show, as we typically do on a Tuesday, we'll have Jay Williams of, uh, of ESPN's Keyshawn J. Will and Max show. He joins us usually around 11 o'clock on Tuesdays, right? Talk to him about the Suns or the Cardinals right. or whatever. Okay, so today we were like, all right, uh, you know, before we could even ask Jay Will a question, he said this. I'm just saying, talk to a lot of people around the league. Is there like a way to get LeBron James to the Suns for the Devin Booker, CP3, and Aiden? Wait a minute. There's a lot of draft picks that the Suns have. There's familiarity with James and LeBron, um, you know, general manager. And, I, you know, I, I just, I get this inclination that I'm not sure the Lakers are going to want to be all in. I don't think they're going to be able to turn things around. And there might be a rebuilding process. And in the process of that, who better than a trade partner than the Phoenix Suns who feel like they're always right there but just seem to not be able to get over the hump? Okay, so ask yourself this right now. Do you think Jay Williams knows some people in the association? That is why we're talking about this, because Jay Williams knows some people. He knows some people right there. Do you think he's hearing something? Because that was out of right field, was it not? I'm, I'm guessing... Yes, he's definitely hearing stuff. He wouldn't. Yes. Just, he would. He wasn't like, "Hey, who am I calling today?" Okay, I'm going to suggest LeBron goes there. Yeah, like, he, that was definitely. He also prefaced what he was about to say by saying, "Let, let me just jump right in." Right? I mean, that's what he was saying. Let me yeah. tell you something. He didn't want. He wasn't interested in your questions, Logan. I, well, he specifically <laughs> he said off not... there, "I don't want to hear Wolf ask me questions." So I'm just he was not waiting for you to ask him a question, Luke. He was not. He had an agenda. He came in with an agenda. The whole conversation ended up being about LeBron in, in different yes. ways, right? I mean, the, one of the questions I wanted to ask him anyway was, okay, is the Suns roster, it feels incomplete. Is there something they would they would have to do? But he, he turned that back to LeBron. You asked, I think, and you know this pains me, the most important question about yes, LeBron. Indeed. Um, and <laughs> I don't like that tone over there. But you, it is. It's the most important question. If you were even going to entertain such a thought, would the Suns trade for, for LeBron James? Would you want that? Would you hate that if you're a Suns fan? The biggest 
thing to me is not that he's on the Lakers or not that he's LeBron. It's is he going to come in here and be LeBron the player or is he going to try and be like the GM? Okay, you better draft my son. I want these three players to join me. You asked him that. This is what Jay Williams said. Let's not act like you know, like Giannis and his staff or his crew aren't going to have say in how the Milwaukee Bucks are going to move. Like, let's not act like you know, star players Luka Doncic is not going to have say with Mark Cuban and what decisions they're going to make as it relates to the Dallas Mavericks. Everybody's playing GM to a degree, um, but there has to be balance. And my thing is, I think there's a respect level there between all parties where they will find balance and they can orchestrate and collaborate and manipulate the system well together. If you told me that the Suns were going to get LeBron James the player as opposed to LeBron James the icon that he is, um, you know what? Um, I'd take the player all day long. I'd be jacked up, as a matter of fact. If, in fact, this is me romanticizing the situation, go figure. But if, in fact, you had a guy like LeBron James who said, you know what? I, I'm getting close to the end. I'm getting near the end. I would like an opportunity to still win another ring, win a championship. I would love that, but I'm getting close to the end. And what I want to do is say goodbye to the game that I love so much and do it as a player, not as the general manager, not as the owner, not as LeBron James, the worldwide icon that he is. I just want to come back. I want to be part of a team. I want to be a teammate. I want to be a player again. I want to do what I'm told. I want to go ahead and say goodbye to the game of basketball that I love. Man, I love the idea of bringing LeBron James in under those cir- circumstances. Well, he's, he's, he's either the second or the best player in oh, the history yeah. of basketball. Maybe you could push him to third. No, I'm going to say Michaels. You know, again, I'm going to take the second. Okay, but either Sorry. way, second. It's just me. <laughs> second, and, and not a guy that can't play anymore. He averaged 30.3 points per game last year. Yes. Now, that was on the Lakers team. That right. They really had nothing on the line, but I'm just saying he can still score. He can still play. I yes. have no questions. Like, if you just told me, hey, LeBron, Ron James is going to join the Suns tomorrow. Yeah. Like, okay. There's baggage, though. It's all the stuff you said. Is he going to say, oh, you got to draft my son? You got to bring these players over? And I got to be honest, Wolf, maybe, my son, maybe but... this isn't the way to, to run a team. Maybe this isn't why I'm a GM or why I'm not a GM. But I, I don't like I don't like that nationally this conversation is, is being brought up because it's like, how can we fix the Lakers? <laughs> Screw the Lakers. I don't care about the Lakers. That's exactly right. It's kind of like, you know, let's see, the, the Lakers are done, so who can we pawn off LeBron Yeah, they got to? themselves in this oh, position. Oh, you know what? Hey, look, there's Phoenix right over there. They're an L.A. wannabe. They live in a valley, <laughs> even though it's a basin, just like the L.A. basin. Was Interesting. That, yeah, yes. Yes. No, I'm just saying. Um, what, I was just distracted. What, I, I, you no, were by distracted something else, by something LeBron else. James. I, I would love it, man, to see Chris Paul and LeBron James. LeBron James, who just wanted to be a player, just wanted to, okay, coach, you know, well, you just get more be than, a teammate. More than four free throws a night as a team if you had LeBron on your team. Yeah, you definitely would. Um, just say goodbye to the game as a player. Nothing more, because he'll never be able to do that again. He is going to be an owner. And when you're the owner, um, I would imagine LeBron James is going to be heavily involved in every personnel decision that is made within that organization, like a general manager. He's going to call the shots. LeBron is never going to get the opportunity, when he's done, to say goodbye to the game as a player. 
where you just competed and was a good teammate to your teammates. <laughs> it's good. It's a good person to be a good teammate to your teammates. I just don't know how realistic that is. Like I, I'd like the Suns to trade for Michael Jordan in his prime too, but that's not realistic at this point either. Uh, but I will say this. If if that scenario you're talking about is possible, LeBron wants to go somewhere, yeah. be a good teammate for his teammates, and, and sort of play out his career. <laughs> you just had to do I it. Had you to, had to yeah, repeat had to it, it once, once again. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, it would be here. I do think it would be here. James Jones is the GM. They've won titles together. Chris Paul is... A he's good on friend? the team, yeah, and I would say one of LeBron's very best friends. If he was and ever he respects going, Devin he respects Booker. Devin Booker a lot. No, I'm has. telling you, man. See, once again, if you were to tell me that somehow, some way, the Suns could actually swing this thing, um, but here's the other thing we learned: they wouldn't be able to do it this well, year. That's, correct? And that changes everything. Maybe we'll get more into this tomorrow. Let's According get to Spotrac, on the phone once there's again. A, a trade restriction for LeBron through February 18th, which is after the trade deadline. I have very little interest in making this trade for next year. I know. Like if you're going to do it, let's We've, win a title this year. Okay, yeah. Going and into even then, next I have year? mixed feelings. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know about that. You know, Luke. Honestly, I can't believe you thought. <laughs> let's talk about this <laughs> to end the show. All right. Thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse. <laughs> Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns again. But next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. As a player.